Okay. Well, yeah, I think we're good to start then. What? Uh, which? How should we open? What should we do to begin? Um, I don't know. I took a sip of a drink. That's a good way to begin. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I made a brandy Manhattan. Cause uh, I'm gonna save the good bourbon for later. I've got a Sam Adams lemon Rattler. That sounds good. I like I like Sam Adams once in a while. It's uh, got a nice kind of body to it, nice flavor. Yeah, I don't care for Sam Adams like just normal. I mean, it's fine. It's a good beer. If someone gave me one, I wouldn't complain. But uh, some other specialty ones, like the Rattlers, they do. Oh boy, this is nice. This is a, a summer drink. It is that time of year. It's been like God. It's been hot as fuck lately, which. Isn't like the most fun thing to talk about the weather, but God, it's been hot as fuck lately. Oh my gosh, she's messaging me. Here we go. So, okay, Sonic released that collection, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm seeing nothing but complaints about it. So, <laughs> my uh, my friend that likes retro gaming, um, he said that he had to refund it. It was like blurry, and the sounds oh, wow. all sound wrong. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not putting up with this." Did they? They did this, and they like take a bunch of the old ways to get the games off, like Steam. So, like, this is the only way to do it now. I want to say I heard that. Somewhere. Uh, sort of. Yeah, that's that's mostly true. I want to say there's one or two examples where it's not, but for the most part, like Steam, they took away those old copies, which, to be fair, I feel like those were phone ports that they then ported to Steam, so even those weren't the best. Like, you didn't have, like, proper emulation features, like, you know, CRT filters and quick oh, saves sure, and all sure. that stuff. It's not like a proper uh, value package. It was like, technically, it's available. Yeah, uh, and I, like I have the, some of the old one, Sonic games. Apparently, they took out all the Michael Jackson music in Sonic 3, and they put in like the, the working prototype music instead. That's weird. Yeah, did you hear about that? Not really. I, I heard something about the Michael Jackson music. Like, hey, after X amount of years, Sega finally confirms that Michael Jackson worked on music for Sonic 3 or whatever, which I always thought had just been the case. Um, and I know, like, well, I yeah, guess... they confirm it every other year. I don't know why that's still yeah, a, like, an I... article that SC crop up. Um, and that's all I saw, though. I didn't realize that, like, things got removed. Oh my goodness, Angry Video Game Nerd, new episode. It's a Wii game about cats. I'm going to look forward to that later. What a good day. Oh man, why would they do this to me? Like, the Sonic soundtracks are the best things about them, and also, like, the most nostalgic parts, right? Like, like if I'm going to play yeah. a Sonic game, I'm going to turn the volume up really loud. I, I, I Now I'm afraid of what they're going to do. They're, they're bringing back that live concert. And they're going to tour. And my thought was, well, I have to go to the Sonic concert when it's in San Diego. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to play half of it and then just like remove certain things because they're not pushing it right now, I might not go. 
Like, here's right. a suite from Sonic Frontier, and I don't want that. Stop it. You know what you can do, though, is if they're hitting places before you, um, if you go to, I think it's, shit, what's the name of that site? I want to say it's like last.fm, but there, there are websites that exist to tally, like, uh, concert songs. Um, setlist. Setlist.fm. There we go. Uh, so if this is going on, I mean, you can, you can like, type in Sonic. You're going to get Silk Sonic, but it could be the Sonic Slam Tour 2022. Is that it? That sounds like it could be it. So nothing for June. No well, I, I think it's next oh, year. Because the concert hasn't started like, yet. I don't think they even gave us dates. Okay. But like, yeah, so if if it's going, um, you know, if, you, if you, there's like three or four shows before yours, uh, you can check it. Though you're probably going to want to get tickets way sooner than that. So I could see that being a, a concern. I might not go. Sega's honestly been kind of shitty lately, and I don't know if I want to encourage them. That's fair. You know who I want to encourage is Blizzard. I got to pre-order that expansion, even though we haven't seen any alpha footage or new features yet. <laughs> well, that, that was our week. This is Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hey, I'm one of those two. And this week is going to be fun. Yeah, we listened to some Mozak. Also, I got a new Predator toy. Oh, that is fun. We got Remember all sorts I of talked about? stuff going on right now. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's really cool. Like, it is an amazing sculpt. It has a lot of fun, like, accessories. It's just like a mean-looking son of a bitch. I really like it. Is that that one that we talked about, or is this a new one? No, no, that's the one we talked about with the old old design with the okay. goofy kind of alien good, good, good. bug head. Definitely recommend this one. Yeah. Um, okay, do we, do we want to talk about music now? I guess that was my last interruption. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I've this been is an interruption. I've been looking forward to the show pretty much all week. Sorry, I was trying to be funny. How many times do you say that in a week? Sorry, I was trying to be funny. Yeah. Oh, man, more than one. Um... You should I've get never a counted. shirt. <laughs> that's such like a, a, a weird, like, uh, that was a funny thing you just said to me, because it just made me, like, reassess my life momentarily. Like, hit rewind on the VCR. I can't find any. Most of these shirts just say, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. Mm. How's come spelled? Uh, correctly. Oh, that's not funny then. Here's a shirt. This is Sorry Boys. Daddy says no dating. But it's for like a one-year-old. That's weird. I I feel like it's supposed to be funny, but now it's like upsetting too. Yeah. Well, that's our funny shirt section of the show. What about the music? We we picked some interesting uh, albums last week. Yeah, so we, we came at this with uh, the same energy, yet two different angles. We got not in English, uh, we, so we're listening to some, some fun foreign stuff. We're, we got some really upbeat songs. We kind of got, uh, I don't want to say a comedy element, but there's a lightheartedness to both of our picks that like puts a smile on your face, and you're just like, yeah, this is a, this is a fun time. I can laugh at this, and it's like okay to do. I'm not making fun of it. I'm like on the same vibe. Um, I feel like... The the we got a lot of like variation 
uh, yours more than mine because you have you know a list of composers where I just have the one band. But like taking taking the core sound they have and doing a lot of things with it. So this is this is a fun one uh, for me just because I feel like I was always kind of kept on my toes and you know didn't know what to expect next kind of thing. And it is really funny how much these both have in common. I kind of noticed that while I was listening. Uh, do, do we want to start with the... Uh, how do you pronounce this? Zmigorinich? Zmigorinich, I think. I have no idea because uh, it is Russian. But uh, Devilish right. Dances was a lot of fun to listen to. Like, on my first playthrough, I kind of stopped listening to it because it was just like this thing I had in the background that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel like homework to do. It was like, oh, okay. I had to, like, do I had to do a second listen to just, like, pay attention to the songs. Because it was just kind of like, ah, yeah, this is fun. And it kept going. I like, um, so so the, the genre of this, to me, is it's, it's a folk metal record. And I have opinions on folk metal. I've listened to a decent amount of it over the course of the last handful of years. I, I enjoy it as a, as a soundscape. These guys do it pretty differently. Um... A lot more of a, a death metal, a, a deathcore elements thrown in. Usually, yeah. like some of the folk metal I like, there's harsh vocals, but this, I would say, tends to have a bit more. Um, you get the breakdowns, you get the uh, which are pretty uncommon in the other other folk metal albums I listen to. I like, I like the tone of it though, because like I can listen to Elvati, and I think they're a great band. But they take their craft, their their songs and their music really seriously. Like they're writing songs about very specific like folk tales, um, and they're and they're treating that with a lot of like reverence and respect, which is fine. And uh, Elven King's another band where they they have a bit more of a power metal element to their stuff. But like they're doing the same thing where like they're writing these like really folk tale uh, ghosts and, and uh, this is uh celtic you know religions and, and whatnot like there there's a reverence to the the topic that fits but is a little up its own ass like i like the music but there's a certain level of like you guys realize you're being a little goofy right like the elven king guy they'll put on like face paint and stuff you know the black and white face paint and it's like really i, I don't know you can really have a little more fun and so i like that these dudes like i swear to god like at least one of these songs i have don't know this for a fact i just know it's true it's probably about drinking uh, I bet more than one hour, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> that would be that song number eight. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure the song is about drinking. I feel like. And, oh wait, excuse me. Ooh, I feel like uh, this is one of those albums that I could put on in the background in certain company, and no one would really object to it or go, "What is that?" It was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, that's music." Um, mm-hmm. it, like I don't think anything about it is. Uh, abrasive, even though it does touch on that death metal vibe at times. Yeah, I think part of it is like the 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 folk elements, and then the just the guitar riffs in general. They're they're so bouncy, like they have that kind of like you're in a bar singing along, and like you know there's a, there's this rhythm that everybody can just kind of move to at the same time, and you just get into it, uh, but in a good way. Like it's, it's not simple. It's just like it's driving and it's fun. Yeah, but bouncy is actually a really good adjective there. And I also think that, like, just going from song to song, like, they don't overstay their welcome, but they also kind of, they have a lot of little twists and turns up their sleeve. I feel like, like, halfway through every song, you 
it, it kind of changes tempo or it changes focus. You get something new. Uh, so it's not, you're not looking at like a total like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, refrain, chorus uh, structure. It's a little more complicated than that, but the first bit is still verse, chorus. And it's familiar. It's like kind of what you expect. And then it, it, it changes. Uh, sometimes, you know, you get like the characters sort of like talking and I don't know if it's narrative or they're just being silly or what, but like you get that or you get like totally different kinds of uh, music. Because the, the singer, like, there's a couple points where she does, like, almost like an opera, you know, slows down and, and just is really, like, warm and full and just, like, taking up the song. And then it comes back to the metal bit, and you're like, oh, I kind of forgot we were doing that. Like, it's just, the songs are structured and written so well that they move from one thing to another kind of abruptly, but it feels really seamless. you want to maybe walk through the tracks a bit? We can do that. Um, I have them just numbered because they're all, at least on my iTunes copy, they're just in Russian. <laughs> I, I can't oh, read it. Okay. And it's On the YouTube one, they have English names. Okay. But um, I like... But uh, the first one is Devilish Dances. That's Which, the, uh, given the, that's like the title of the album, I was a little underwhelmed by this one. I feel like the, it starts the, off okay, and then like the the album kind of gets better as you listen to it. Oh sure. I like the first like main song. I feel like it's a decent encapsulation of what the album has to offer, but then they take That's that true. mood and do slightly new things with it as it goes on. Because I would say it's probably not my favorite song either, but I also think it's a really good snapshot of what we're going to get because we actually have like a lot of blast beats, then we have the traditional folk stuff, it moves around in, in, in speed, and then we get like a proper deathcore breakdown. Um, there's a balance to it that I think is really cool. And then they take the that balance, and I feel like they skew it like I, if they're like a seesaw, right? Like it's always balanced, but sometimes it tips in different directions per song. And I, those, to me, are probably some of my more favorite ones. Like I love the song that the the lady is just like it's just her song. Like that's probably my favorite one, just because it's it's super fun. It's really, uh, really catchy. It's got a great chorus, you know. But that first one is like. If everything's equal, this is kind of our sound. And now, from going forward, nothing's really going to be this equal again. Yeah, and I think it does. You're right. It serves to function as an introduction to the album. So maybe I get why it's there, and I get why maybe they named the album after it. Mm-hmm. What was this next one? On Where to Mount? I liked this one more. This one's really hooky. Uh... I think that helps. It's just, especially the yeah. um, the folk elements in it. They're just like they kind of just I'm really so grab you. Like I, I'm the most like braindead person when it comes to music. So you, you need, uh, you need like notable hooks. <laughs> to, uh, that's probably why this stuck with me. Then it's also shorter, which um, 
I think in in the case of the shorter songs on this album is always to its benefit because they just they don't go longer than they need to. And so you get something like this where you have like a really good hook. They do the back and forth. And then I think the bridge is sort of like almost lullaby esque. And so you go, you're like, I'm like, do I want to dance to this or do I want to headbang? And then all of a sudden the lady like just kind of breaks into something like really kind of somber and beautiful. And then it goes right, you know, shifts right back into the metal bit at the end. And you're like, fuck that. I did not expect that. You know, it's really cool. But it leans back into that fun. Like, it's the kind of thing that I can picture them on stage doing a real good job, just like handling the audience with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, song number four, what's that one called? Russian Dolls Pop. Hmm. And this one, the lyrics especially are very bouncy. Yeah. There's like a clear beat to the growling. Yeah, I love I love how bounce. I mean, I'm gonna say the word bouncy a lot, but there's just something like it's so rhythmic. Um, I know one of the, oh, the okay, fun here things it is. About- the chorus. That's what I really liked with like the chanting kind of behind it. Oh yeah. Um, but the the fun thing about the 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 death metal uh, uh, style of singing is like you can treat it like a drum set, and it's just like a percussive instrument. And so the way he's like kind of staccato barking some of these lines uh, in the verses is just so like it's like its own separate drum it's just coming from his his mouth and it fits really well and it it, it's got such a driving beat and then yeah the the she's she acts as a really good like backup especially in the chorus where like this is definitely more of like his song but she's still present and just kind of like keeping things i don't know grounded in in a way and then he has like a talky bit in the bridge and, and it's like, you know, once again, they're just continuing to do new stuff. I, w- I would say the first five or six songs, like they don't really repeat a gimmick. And then after that, it's maybe you're getting similar stuff, but just in different orders or different, slightly different ways. Yeah. And, you know, uh, something about that, it keeps you on your toes while you're listening to it on the second playthrough I did. Uh, normally, I like to um, I like to listen to music while I'm drawing and I couldn't work with this because the way it shifts tone fast sometimes, it's like I kind of wanted to just listen to the music and I couldn't actually work. Uh, like it demands enough of your attention. I liked it while driving. But otherwise, it's kind of like, yeah, I want to just like sit here and kind of listen to it proper because it feels like someone mm-hmm. telling you a story, which I, I know is kind of partially the theme, but they tap into that so well. Yeah, it's really common with folk metal albums, too. I know Elvati do that a lot, where there's, like, either a big story or just everything is sort of, it like, there's a concept and all the songs revolve around that concept in some way. I, I believe Elvin King do it as well. It's kind of, it's a, it's a fun little thing that I associate with the genre. Um, and this is fun because, obviously, I don't understand any of the words, but you can still, you still kind of get get that going on right like it's just like really present in the music and in other ways so i think that brings us to the next song uh fabricity which i don't know if that's a word or not i've definitely never seen that you know i kind of want to look it up oh the quality or state of being feverish all right why not? I 
yeah, I kind of like that name. That fits this in a fun way, doesn't it? I think this is probably my favorite song on the album. I I love her opening lines where it's very operatic. It's very silly. Um, she says that it sounds like she says the word like hush little monkey. I have no idea if she does or not, but it like fucking makes me smile so hard every time I hear it because it's <laughs> so weird. And then when the guitars hit though, like they, they just, I don't know. They like, they reground the whole song. Yeah, I think this is, I'm going to say this is maybe my second favorite. We'll get to my favorite later, but it, it does stand out. And I love her voice. I know we talked about it a little bit last week. But uh, she's so nice on this album. Yeah, I I remember like when I first heard this, I thought I thought it was like a a studio band in a way. I was like, oh, this guy's probably name is me, Gornich, and then he's got this like lady and they're both like 60 years old and they're just like making this weird ass music or whatever. And then I see them uh, online, and I finally look them up, and they're, like, quite young. Uh, I pictured her as kind of a burly, like, I don't know, Victorian-looking woman, and she's, like, really petite and cute, and I was like, oh, wow, voice doesn't quite match the the frame, because she's so, like, she's got such a huge presence in her voice, like, she just kind of commands you when she's singing, because it's it's big and warm and and really, like, forward, and, and then you see her, and it's like, wow, she's tiny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i would say fabricity is a good one i i don't know what else i can say i i wish i had better music vocabulary which i think is something i say every time we do a a a music club yeah, I will say, like, I kind of, by the, the back half of this album, I was kind of running out of things to say, too, because at a certain point, like, it's like they're executing their sound really well. They're doing different things, but they're also doing a lot of the same things by this point. Like, they're executing different things, but in the same way. I don't know. Like, there's only so many words, if you're, especially if you're going, like, song by song. Um, so, if you want to, like, breeze through the last couple a little faster, I'm fine with that. I will say with song number six... Uh, that opening guitar riff, it's fucking dirty. Like, I love the distortion on it. It's just so, it's just filthy. Like, it's such a death metal riff. Yeah, actually, this is, that was kind of striking when I listened to it the first time. It kind of left me wondering, too, if, like, the whole song would feel like that or not. But, of course, it does kind of, you know, it meanders as they work through it, of course. Mm-hmm. I will say one of my comments okay. um, on the vocalist. I, I think this is a, he's a good vocalist. When when you're getting into the more of this kind of dirty stuff, and like I know there's a decent breakdown in the middle of this one. I wish he had a few more tools at his disposal. I'm so used to like other vocalists in this uh, adjacent to this genre, just doing really weird shit, making like really nasty noises. Uh, I don't know if that would totally fit what they're doing. 
but I expect it, especially when the tempo shifts really down and the guitars get chuggy. And it's like, oh, hey, now is the time for insanity. And he doesn't quite have that. I wouldn't be surprised if he could do it because a lot of it is just different mouth shapes. Uh, You kind of figure that out by experimenting. But I I am kind of surprised that he doesn't like vocally mix things up a bit more than than what he does because he's he's kind of got his like mids and his highs and he's got a bit of a low but it's really breathy it's not he doesn't use it a lot um but it, it's just you know coming off of like white chapel or uh or shadow of intent or mental cruelty or whatever where like these these singers are bringing in this giant tool chest of things they can do and then this guy's got like three things and that's fine he's got more than i do but I, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I have like, there's a certain um, expectation that he doesn't quite hit. That, and I wish he had thrown a couple of curveballs. I think in this song they would have fit, just because it is more like death metal friendly. So again, I don't have a super great ear, but during this one, like I could picture it, it, it the, his, the way that his voice sounded, it reminded me of where you were like a year ago. Like, not to say that he isn't practiced or anything, but it was kind of like, oh, I remember when Chad, like, first learned how to growl really good. And he didn't have all of his bag of tricks yet. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a really good foundation. I mean, if you watch him live, he's clearly, like, really accomplished with what he knows how to do. Um, but something about that the song, about- there's, like a, there's, like, a basicness to it. A little bit, yeah. Because he, he's doing a really, like gently compressed false chord and it's like man if you like squeezed a couple of more muscles in your mouth you'd get a pretty different sound and it would it would thin up a bit but it would also like have a lot more punch and it just kind of going back and forth could have been cool and like you know slightly different tongue positions i think he could have uh really brought a bit more of that kind of heavy dirtiness to this one um, and it's one of those things where like, I bet he knows how to do that stuff. I just, I, he seems like he's been doing this a while. He's clearly good live. Like he can do a full set and doesn't feel like he's, you know, getting tired. So, I mean, no disrespect to this guy. He is, he's definitely good at what he does. I'm just kind of surprised he doesn't experiment and, and, you know, fuck around a little more. And I wonder if it's because he feels he doesn't need to, because it, it, it feels intentional at like the way that yeah. song carries. It just it was something that stuck out to me like ah oh, they Chad would probably talk about lip shape or something. <laughs> I mean, there, there's something to be said too because you're he, this is already like a fairly complicated band with all the folk elements and then the two singers, and so like going out of your way to make it like more about you as the vocalist can be like a, the wrong decision. Um, and so like having restraint and knowing when to do stuff and where to do stuff is really really important and something that takes just kind of like i don't know practice like when i'm composing stuff there it's like what should i do here this is what i wrote but how do i deliver it i could do it in like a dozen different ways what's the best one i have no idea like i usually just end up picking like the easiest one at, at most of the time and that's fine too because if you gotta fucking perform this live every day for a week or you know go on tour for months or whatever like the easiest way to do it is the best way to do it because you're gonna get tired Uh, song number seven. It's just, oh, ho, ho. I bet that song's about drinking. I thought this was maybe a weak point. But it's also, it's short. And going back to your point that it doesn't overstay its welcome. 
yeah, it's it's two and a half minutes. I, I did like that. There's like more kind of strings and uh, they, they brought in some like extra folk elements that I don't think I had heard up until this point when I was like really listening to it. So at least it like it, it has a curveball to it and then it's short. But yeah, I, I don't have like a lot of notes on this one. It, it's definitely like, I don't know, almost a bridge from this to like the next couple songs on the album. And then Drip Drop? Uh, I don't have a lo- whole lot of uh, uh, comments on this other than like, I know, I think this was the bridge, but they do like really heavy blast beat drumming and then they have the, the, the singer just kind of doing like an opera style over it. And that combination of sounds is great. I, re- I really like the idea of like taking two unlike types of music and sticking them together because you can get some really cool stuff. And so that there are moments of this song that are just like really, really awesome because of that. Yeah, there's also this like high pitched, um, almost like a piano key or something tied with the really like low bassy sounds. There's a lot of like interesting pairings going on with this one. Yeah, it's got it's cool. Um, song number nine. This is I have this as my second favorite song on here, and I think it's just because there's a really good like back and forth. It's really catchy. It's kind of random, but in a fun way. Yeah, it reminded me of something. Oh, who's that? Um, uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Like, I was kind of getting a vibe similar to that. Okay. Maybe I'm off the mark there, but... I I don't think so. But, like, there's this, like, story element, right? Like, I just skipped a randomly, like, to a minute, and, like, they're doing some kind of, like, back and forth. I don't know if they're reading something or if they, like, what they're saying to each other. Yeah, there's, like, spoken word. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, this is cool. And, like, I think this is probably one of my favorite choruses on this album. It, it's just so fun, and she does such an amazing job singing it. Yeah, it's, like, strikingly beautiful. And then at the 157 mark, fucking, we get a breakdown. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This one song, I think I mistook it for two separate songs because it kind of shifts around so much. <laughs> but, yeah, Headband stands out for sure. Um... Next was Grandfather Frost, which I had less to say about. Yeah, um, I know, like, I think the next two songs are covers. I know the last song is. Um, and I, I I do think that this would have been just a good one to end on, because it has kind of like a an epic feel to it. Got a, the, the scope to it. Just feels like it could be the, the last song. Um, but otherwise, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I think it's a good one. I think that Voodoo People cover is my favorite. It's definitely cool. I don't I don't know Prodigy at all, so like I didn't know this was a cover until I looked at it and I was like, oh, I guess it's a Prodigy cover. <laughs> yeah, and it does kind of have a different vibe, but they're applying the same principles to this song in a way that like, that's why I like covers is when a band will do something different with the cover, not just recreate it. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, I love that kind of experimentation, so I'm always drawn to more exotic covers. Like what? What's that one? There's like a, is it Little Kiss where it's just it's all short people but they play Kiss songs and it's like I'd rather hear a folk band play Kiss songs, not someone accurately play Kiss songs. I just listen to Kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I I totally agree there. Um, I I definitely have like favorite covers, right? And typically, yeah, it's not like it's always oh what what can we do that's different. Uh, what can we do that's just like reimagine this song into something totally uh, dissimilar? Um, the band I Prevail, like they got really big when they did a kind of metalcore cover of a uh, Blank Space by Taylor Swift. It's a really good cover, and I don't. There's just something kind of fun about about like that. Oh, what was this other one? Um, Jay Lopez and Pitbull cover. Oh yeah, that's a fun one too. Oh, dance is it dance on the floor is this name song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was also fun. I think it's a fun way to close out the album too. It it fits well enough. I agree. I'm I'm glad you had fun with this camera. I'm glad you liked it. I know when I told Joe which one I picked, he's like, Oh, you really lay onto the metal thing a lot, huh? And it's like, oh no, no, I'm self doubting. Why would he say that? Because, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but what are you supposed to do? Like, recommend um, jazz? I don't know. Like, of course you're going to recommend like, metal. Yeah. I, I definitely do have, like, other genres I listen to. It's just... It can be hard to pick what I want you to listen to. Because also some of it's like, what do I want to listen to this week? Yeah, and I, I we go through this every time we do this. It's like, oh, I, am I mm-hmm. being too selfish with this? Am I... Am I being too boring with this? Oh, I don't know. Which I guess that kind of brings it around to my side then, huh? Yeah, let's talk about Hatsune Miku. Yeah, so this is a weird one, but I took samples from the uh, Project Diva arcade series. And so I want to say this is maybe like a collection of some of the better songs. But according to some lists I was reading, I missed a lot. Because people have very different tastes than I do, I guess. (laughs) But I don't know. Uh, Have you ever played these games? No. I have not. They're fun. I like rhythm games. Are they... they, Oh, they are rhythm games. Okay. I guess I wasn't sure where these songs come from. I was under the impression a lot of these were, like, created by just people who downloaded the Hatsune Miku, like, VST and, and, like, programmed her voice and, you know, made songs around it. Yeah, so I guess for context, um, some of these come from bands that use the Vocaloid software, but most of them, even in those cases, they were, like, remade for the game to, like, maybe up the quality or, like, you know, adjust the composition a bit, Um, sometimes just for length. Like, some of the songs are supposed to be seven minutes, but there's, like, a three-minute version for the arcade game to work. So it's kind of funny when you look it up because, like, some of these songs, they sound very different in the original. Like, oh, this is very amateur. And Sega paid somebody to, like, upscale it, right? Um, A couple of these, I think, were commissions just for the game. But by and large, I think they come from a creative place. Oh, yeah. There's some repetition in the names, but there's some, like, singles that stand out, too. 
I was really impressed with the first song. Okay, I, I hadn't really ever listened to her other than like as a joke, right? Because, oh, it's not a real person. It's a, it's a fake computer singer. And so this is the first time I've ever really sat through like entire songs. And, you know, I let okay. alone a, a playlist. Um, and I was like right off the bat, like pretty surprised. One thing that we were getting like real guitar. I was expecting a lot more digital music. I was expecting a lot more um, of fake sounding stuff or uh, you know, electronica. So all of a sudden I was like, hey, there's a, there's a real guitar in here. This sounds great. And you know, a lot of these have like piano and there's uh, some folk stuff, which those are probably fake instruments, but at least they're like mimicking real ones really well. Uh, so I, I, I like the variety of this, but also just I expected like electronica and dubstep and whatever the other subgenres of like those are. And so and I got a lot of like rock songs. I got like a surf rock song. We did get some electronic stuff, which was cool, but got like a folk rock song. People have been really, really creative with Hatsune Miku and the other voices that come with this, and I was really impressed by that. I, I had a lot of fun just kind of like wondering, hey, what's the next genre going to be, you know? Because you definitely picked a really diverse set of tunes. Yeah, I did try at least a little bit to uh, to hop around some. Um, I guess we can go through these item by item, too, if you want. Sure. So should we uh, start, I guess, with cat food? I, I feel like Cat Food is maybe a generic enough uh, J-pop song that someone might associate with Hatsune Miku. Like, if you look at the character and then heard this playing, you go, yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. I think this is also the song they picked for the trailer for the first version of the game. So I I don't think I'm alone in my assessment. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a good way to kick it off. Um, I was really impressed with the mix on this. Like, it's really dense. There's a lot going on, but it's spread out really well. Um, I, it was one of those things where I was like, vocally, this is going to take some getting used to because it sounds pretty digital, uh, despite some of the efforts to make it not sound that digital. But also, that's sort of... I mean, that's just part of Hatsune Miku, right? I don't know if it needs to be, like, almost five minutes long. Um, but I was happy we got like an actual guitar solo. I like the chorus a lot. It's really catchy. There's a lot of very good things about this song. And I, and I do think it's a good way to kickstart this. Is like, hey, guess what you're going to get involved in? This. Da, da, da. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting hearing that you haven't listened to a lot of these. Because I, I wasn't sure if you even understood what this was. Like when I when I like jokingly threatened that I was going to make you listen to these uh, because it is a synthetic voice. So it's like, OK, how much is this just going to be garbage? Especially like I like this when I was a teenager and other people liked it. So like we shared on it together. So it's like, is this just me being nostalgic because you have an actual like ear for music? So it's like, is this going to be literal torture because your ears work? I, I would go that far. I pretend really well, but <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's funny too. Like I mentioned, um, this one goes for four and a half minutes, and I think this is like the full length song. And someone cleverly like loops the video with different costumes or something to extend it because I don't think the game song is actually that long. Oh, okay, which is I, I didn't catch that earlier. I, it was hard finding samples of some of these on YouTube. 
But cat food um, is, uh, and again, it's in Japanese. So I just yes. thought, well, this is a fun song. And then I read the English lyrics, and it's like, this is creepy. I don't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> I didn't I didn't look at the lyrics to any of these. I, I, I went in pretty blind there. I did watch the view- videos um, on some of them, though, just because they're entertaining. Yeah, I like the the music videos. They do they do interesting stuff. the The game has a wide variety of styles of videos, which is neat. But the lyrics to this one, it's like she's talking in metaphor that she's like a stray cat, and you just have to give her food, and she'll curl up on your lap, and you can own her. But huh. she's also fickle. But also she's in a cage because she's a cat, or something like it. <laughs> it's it's a little weird where it's like I can't tell if this is supposed to be creepy or if it's a translation thing. But then there's other songs that get much more creepy. So it's like, oh, I'll just take this and say, you know, that's a face value song. Uh, should we go to the next one? Yeah. So this is the MMORPG Addicts Anthem, which it's one of my favorite songs for the music, but also the theming was really funny. It's definitely a funny name. It's also uh, the the music video part was uh, like all the designs and stuff was actually handled by the Fantasy Star Online team. And they designed oh, yeah? her costume for this video. That's cool. So that's a fun collab. One of the things because I noticed right away that, oh, the, the uploader is a different person, right? And, and so I assume this is like a different producer. And I enjoyed that. I was like, hey. This still sounds like Hatsune Miku, but it's a different person. Like the, the way the software works, and maybe that shouldn't be surprising. But I, I was, I wasn't expecting that cohesiveness. You know, jumping from like song to song to song because it is digital, and because more than one person has you know probably made all these songs, and yet there is a that that connective tissue right that like really makes it work. And you're like, oh, I get it. Like Hatsune Miku as an artist. Uh, is in all these songs and she's actually in all these songs kind of thing. I, I just, I enjoyed that. Like the concept of that. Yeah. I think that's some of the appeal. I thought it was funny uh, when you were doing your first listen to, you asked me about like a hey, song three sounds different. Is there like a, a pitch shifter on that software? It's like, no, it's a different voice. <laughs> and I went yeah. into all the lore about how Luca likes tuna and she collects glasses. Um, and it, it's like, there's a, even though it's all fictional, it's just software synthetic voices. The idea that these characters are characters is kind of part of it. Uh, I, I mentioned last week the like Japanese pop idol culture. I think yeah. that's a factor in why Miku's popular is that it's not just clever software that you can make a fake voice with. It's like Hatsune Miku is a thing and she can sing in your song if you want her to. And there's a, uniqueness to that that we hadn't really experienced yet and still haven't really i don't know of anything else that you can compare to miku she kind of owns that space i like i know it's got a really catchy chorus and there's a there's a point kind of two-thirds the way through where like i think it starts playing her backwards which i thought was clever because that's something you could way more easily get away with doing and make it sound good if it's a, a, a digital instrument right a digital voice uh, so that was, to me, a, a really neat little just kind of piece of production I noticed. Like, oh, they're playing her backwards, and it, and it works, and it sounds cool. Yeah, I think when they try too hard to make her sound real, sometimes it falls short. But when they lean into, like, the techno pop, the synthetic voice kind of feels appropriate. So there's definitely a way to use it correctly. 
Yeah, and there's a couple songs on this playlist where, like, I, I'm either really impressed that they make her sound surreal or, like, I can really tell she's digital and sometimes in a bad way. Like, it kind of depends on the song and what they're going for. Because, like, the, um, was it Remote Control, I think? That one oh, is a little yeah. more digital sounding, but it's also a, a lot much more digital song. And so it, it fits. Where there's one or two that it doesn't quite, you, you can tell, like, the person programming Miku isn't as good. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something going on. And it's very difficult to do. I think I showed you an example of her speaking English and it's like, it doesn't yeah, work it at all. Doesn't work. Cause very it's clearly well, like the, the, there's a sensitivity to how words are formed and it clearly leans into a Japanese accent. So yeah. it doesn't even found, you know, you don't end up with a Japanese accent trying to say American words. It's like the audio clips weird between syllables in a way that sounds very fake. But yeah, this is a catchy chorus. I like it. Um, yeah. Where we're going to go to... Is this Hello Worker? Yeah, and I, this is the one where I was like, oh, it's a different singer, or or is it the same person and just, they yeah, did something to it. No, there's actually a a whole whole bunch of Lorda to this. Um, <laughs> I, I like her a lot as a singer, though. She's more of an alto, a bit, bit deeper voice. Um it fits really well with the music they have going on behind it. I, I like it's kind of like this soft rock. It's really pleasant. It's kind of groovy. Uh, the bridge in this song is really good. I'm trying to find it real quick. Just yeah. I uh I really liked Hello Worker. I think it's cute because I I like the stereotype of the Japanese office space. But also after the past few years of my life working in an office, it's kind of like, "Oh, why do I relate to this song so much?" It's like I think the target audience for this is teenage girls. So I just feel a little embarrassed when it's like, "Oh, there's a new Miku song. I want to watch it." So one of the things that I really liked about this too is that they this this singer has like they're making use of her range because she's in definitely like a modal voice for most of it and then the bridge she starts hitting more of a like i guess a falsetto and i have no idea how this is programmed but you can like hear her jump an octave yeah and it still sounds it, like really natural and it's like oh shit this is this is cool just from like an engineering standpoint like i'm kind of i'm having a lot of fun with it yeah it's very interesting i think luca's voice is very good there's another um, older girl voice. I, I want to say her name is Meika. Maybe I'm not pronouncing that right. But I feel like they don't do it as well. Like, Luca's... You, you get some more authentic sounds out of it. And I feel like she has more range, which is, again, weird. Because you think you could just program the software to work at whatever range you want. But there is a, a natural element tied in with this. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've definitely used um, virtual instruments before that, like, have two good octaves and that's it. You know, like, anything above or below just sounds like shit. Like, the, the pitch shifting stopped working and it gets garbled. And that can be frustrating when you want to, you know. I would think that these... Something else I like about have... this song, though, I, like, the, the music video component, I like how it's one continuous shot and she's, like, singing to you as if she's, like, talking to you as a person. Oh, sure. 
which yeah, I don't, they don't do that for, I don't think any of the other ones. Like this is a unique angle for this. Um, Summer Idol, song number four. This one, I think you've sent to me before because I recognize parts of the video. Oh yeah, this is a cute, like they do this weird American summer style song. The dancing in this is really fun. It's like fun. a Beach Boys kind of thing or something. Also, that guitar font, I'm pretty sure is used in Sonic Adventure. Oh, yeah? Because it sounds so spot on. Yeah, like, it's such a... I I wrote, like, surf rock. I don't know if that's the actual genre or not, but, like, it definitely has that vibe. Yeah, very much by intent. But this one's interesting because it's a duet. So I did want to work at least a couple group songs into these. Um, so I think that's in its favor because there's something that I've noticed um, with some of these anyways. And that might be a production thing. It might not be. But Miku sometimes sounds very thin in comparison to the, all the other stuff, especially if they're using real instruments. Like there's a there's more body to like a real guitar than there is a fake guitar. And same with the piano. And um, there are elements and, and moments where, where Miku, you can you can tell like her. It's like she has a very uh, specific frequency uh, that that her digital instrument operates on, and it doesn't spill over into like the bass or treble as much as a real instrument or a real singer would. And so, having her duet and like the songs where she's layered a lot more, I think sound better because there's just a, a, a bigger fullness to her. She's got more presence. Whereas some of these songs, I'm see if I can find which one it was. Uh remote controller. Uh, was one where like I, I feel like they they needed to like thicken her up or something or like add, add, put a chorus like on the the low end of her voice or something just to kind of make her feel a bit beefier and like better bigger in the mix. Um, so yeah. this with the duet, like I don't have that problem at all with this song because it's it's two of them, so they're just naturally layered over each other. Yeah, and I think this is one of those where if you were to play it in the background someplace. People wouldn't think about the voice at all. It would just be, oh, it's a fun beach song. And if you told them, yeah, it's a robot voice, they might be surprised. Yeah. Uh, you know, like if it's on in the background on like crummy speakers. <laughs> um, I also like how it ends with Miku just being a bitch because she's a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Did you read any of the lyrics on these songs? No. So this one, the it's it's a cute kind of simple song, but it's just uh, it's summertime and they want to go to the beach, uh, but neither of them can get dates. So the whole song is about like how can they get a date, and it's about them looking for boys and they can't find boys anywhere. And then the very last line is, well, if we can't find a date, I guess we could take each other. And then they look at each other and they go ah, um, and it ends all cute. And then there's like that circle white where it closes down that stops early. And, like, out of character, Miku looks to Rin and says, that's not happening, though. You understand that, right? And she's like, yeah. And then it closes. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, what? why do that? Why are you so mean? Uh, we did bring up Remote Controller a couple times. What did you think of this one? Because I, I included it because I enjoy it in a repetition sense of a way, but it's a very, very weird song. So I was curious how you would take this one. Um. I enjoyed this one. It's once again like a, a genre shift. Um, 
I wrote, it sounds like it's video game music in a way, which is kind of cool. Um, I really like this main melody to this. It's so good. Like when it first starts off, there's like that riff or whatever you want to call it. I like the guy. I'm trying to... So I had slightly different opinions on this when I threw on my good headphones because I feel like some of the, the syntheticness um, and how these two sound, uh, it fits, but it also is a little more apparent when I have headphones on. Uh, and it's a little distracting in some of it. Like you can almost hear something turning on and off like when it goes from certain phrasings. And I don't know if that's on purpose or not. But then this yeah, is another I think one where I thought that's they... A uh, flaw um in len's voice i i think because there's a couple songs that he has that are solos and i don't think they work and oh, really? when they use him in these duets to compliment rin i think they're a view they're, they're a cute pair and they get these like cutesy songs together a lot but whenever he has his own it always sounds super fake and i'm not sure if that's like a flaw or if it's actually intentional but i think think it's a mistake or something I, I don't know what the deal is their their voices are really buried in the mix in some of this too it's just a, it's definitely not as produced as well as the other songs but i i really like the melody in the chorus it's like a really fun chorus yeah i think i like the melody more than the singing part of it yeah but it's super catchy and this is also a very fun one to play like that's something else that these songs is uh, my exposure to them is through the game. And so some of them have more fun button layouts and they're entertaining to interact with. And so I don't know if I have a positive association just because I can get a high score on this one or if because I actually like the music. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's around a minute um, 36. When when the, yeah, the guy sort of, sings it's weird. SH sounds, there's like a really weird hiccup or like a a catch or something like i don't know i don't know what it is but it doesn't sound good um which sucks yeah. because i like totally i like his voice almost more than the other person's because hers is a little too squeaky but then this one has like a flaw in it somewhere and so like together they work really well um and then separate it's not perfect but then the the core melodies in the song are so good that it's like well i'm kind of here for like the whole soundscape not just them so it, it it still like shakes out to be a pretty good tune oh next is maybe my favorite with blackjack blackjack was one of my favorites too which again is luca i'm pretty sure luca is richard's favorite too but i got her figma which actually does come with a tuna so she can just hold like a, a like a giant tuna for no reason her outfit's really fun in this. Like, the music video is cool. Just, like, this area and how, like, extra it is. It, it, it reminds me of, like, the Sonic levels uh, when you're, like, in the, yeah. the gambling, the casinos or whatever. It's just so colorful. No, I, I've always loved the casino levels in Sonic games. And, again, this is a Sega production. Uh, and I almost feel like there's Sonic influence on, like, the lighting like some of the background stuff reminds me of stuff that you see in a Sonic level and not in an actual casino. Yeah. Um, but also like the performance feels like something you would see at like a Vegas show too. And it's just like, Oh, this is fun. Like it, it just takes you in that casino mode. I like, yeah, I definitely like her voice the most. There's like a huskiness to it in here that works really well, but also I'm surprised that they would like put on a digital, like cute anime girl. 
Like she's got a, a dark breathiness in the back there that just like it adds a lot of realness to it, but also it just sounds good. Yeah. And again, this is one of those that I think you might be able to trick someone into believing it's a real voice. Yeah. At least if they don't I, I know Japanese. Like when, if like you just told someone, hey, this is a pop star from Japan, then they go, oh, okay. It's like, I tricked you. It was a computer. And they go, oh, okay. But yeah, Blackjack, I enjoy. I don't know if I have anything special to say about it, though. I think when when uh, uh, it breaks out and it's just her around the two-minute mark, that's when you can start telling it's fake. Like, those instruments really cover up some of the uh, yeah the slip-ups and stuff. It It's kind of like in Photoshop where you can make anything look good when you add, like, 50 filters over it. Yeah. Like, yeah, here's a here's a life hack, everybody. If you want something to look cool, like, go to Google Images and look up a film grain and camera grain and CRT filter and just, like, gently layer those over whatever you're doing. <laughs> and it adds just enough noise that everything blends together and the imperfections and whatever you're Photoshopping will disappear. My, my first book cover um, for The Ninth Life... I, I super threw some filters on there to make every all the compositions like blend properly because I couldn't do it otherwise. So, but yep, it works. Totally agree. It does. I'm not ashamed of it. I do wish the bass in this was uh, mixed a little differently because I know there is a bass guitar somewhere in there, and there are times when I can hear it, but I expect to like hear it more given that like it's in a casino. It has that kind of like jazzy vibe to it like the, the the bass guitar should be a lot more prominent in this but that's that's one of those like really personal preference things that i don't think matters actually that much yeah you could maybe uh mix this slightly differently but by and large it is my favorite yeah i remember once on vr chat me and joe were looking for a casino and we went to a casino, and I was like, this is the set from Blackjack music video. And I got all excited because like someone was recreating <laughs> that song. And he's like, what? And I was like, it's from the music video for the game I play. And I started clapping, and he, he got scared. <laughs> oh, never change, Cameron. I, I've been trying. It's not taking. Oh, no. Next is Acute. Uh, what did you think of Acute? It's um, it's louder than the others. Just off the bat, <laughs> let me see what I write about this. I like um, I like the guitar and the drums in this. I thought they had kind of a cool, cool flavor to them. I, I actually I really like the guitar now that I'm listening to it, and it's pretty cool. Uh, there's another guy. I'm waiting for his voice to kick in. Um, because I wrote that I I don't know if I liked him as much. He always sounds very synthetic. Yeah, he does. Um, I think there's a time and a place where it's fine. But, like, there's this one song where it's really dramatic, and it's a solo song. And I don't think he carries it, because it's just, like, it has, like, a weird echo or something to some of the notes that maybe shouldn't be there. And it's just, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not he like the other like ones. Like, I don't know if his was, like, maybe one of the earlier ones that they tried. And they didn't get the science down yet, but he kind of stuck. It. It's also one of those things where I think there's less demand for male voices, so they maybe just spend less time on it, and that's maybe what Len's problem is. Sure. He sounds like he's like recorded in a different room. Like there's like an element <laughs> yeah. to him. Like there's more space or something there. Like he's like too far from the microphone. 
I do like the, once again, like the melodies of this are really good. I like the, um, there's a lot of like nice back and forth in the composition. It does not need to be five minutes long. Like I get like three minutes in. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, but I think it works. There's what, some nice um, piano licks in the background too of this one. Uh, looks like F World's End. Oh, World's End Dance Hall. I didn't quite like this one. I, I like the opening melody a lot, but I know when uh, the the singer kicks in, I I wrote, uh, "Okay, Miku is not doing well here." <laughs> I like the concept of kind of the like music duel, um, like when they're just they're taking turns back and forth. Like that's always a fun thing for me. But it's also one of those where the voice gets very overly synthesized or something. Yeah, it's um, it's not quite as dynamic, um, in which I know is a production thing. Uh, at least I've been told. Um, but it it sounds like they threw a chorus effect on there, or, or like a flanger, or or some kind of digital doubling effect to kind of try and hide the fact that it isn't quite as well done as some of the other songs. I think I can see what you mean. And it, it, again, it's not the best. I did include it just because I felt like the concept was a little different. Um, but one of the things that it does and other Vocaloid songs will do, it's like it goes too fast sometimes where it's uh, it's not that people can't talk fast, but it feels like you're typing into a computer fast. Sure. I actually did like some of the tempo changes in this, though. I think, I think this pre-chorus is neat because we haven't heard something like this yet in this playlist. And so I was, I enjoyed that as like, oh, hey, they're doing a fast song. This is cool. And then the uh, the yeah. chorus itself has a cool melody. It's very fun. Though her, her like higher voice is, it sounds super synthetic. Like I, I wish like a real person would sing this song because it's like conceptually, this is a cool song, but the execution on the, on these two singers, um, I don't think is as, near as good as a lot of the others on this list. You know, that's an interesting point. I might look up uh, covers of this song and see if anyone's done that. Because that could be interesting. Uh, yeah. But let's go ahead and do Senbun Zakara. 1,000 cherry trees. Hey, we're back to folk music. It's just what? not not Russian. Yeah, so what did you think of this one? I really like this song. Um it reminded. I, I've listened to, to Japanese folk metal before and folk rock, like uh, Wagaki Band, and, and um, oh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was, but th- this definitely had that vibe to it. It has a very like dense, big kind of wall of sound soundscape, which is cool. Uh, I like the back and forth on the instruments, where like you'll have those moments where like it gets really like kind of traditional sounding, and then it gets back to like the digital with some guitars in it. Mm-hmm. I do think the mixing on this is a little. There's too much mid range. Like all these instruments want to be in the mid range, and it, it gets it's kind of bogged down in parts when everything is going on, uh, which is kind of the that's the difficult when you're doing like these big big songs with lots and lots of layers. Is just like how do you balance them all and make them sound good? And so I, when I threw the good headphones on, I was like, okay, this one sounded better without them. But it is a really really fun song, and I like the uh, chorus a lot. Yeah. I like this one in a way because it's this like weird form of um, it, it, like it leads so much into the Japanese culture. Like they're using the classic instruments uh, to accentuate it, 
but also the lyrics are about a lot of like traditionalism. Um, I read this funny comment where so like this is someone that's in Japan and they're in high school and they're one of their classmates loves this song and like she'll sing it while she's working. And someone asked her, like, what are those words? And like, I don't know. And because apparently some of the words used are the kind of things that your grandparents would say. I don't know. Like there's an old fashionedness that's intentionally built into it. Oh, that's cool. All the lyrics are about like embracing traditionalism and um like it looking forward while carrying the past. And it just uh I always like patriotism. Like I I love uh like Russian songs about how great Russia is, and then Irish songs about how great Ireland Ireland is and that kind of stuff. Okay. There's just like a, a natural uh human sense of pride that can be entertaining and i sure i picked yeah. that up here before i had the lyrics <laughs> and then when i read the lyrics i was like huh that's kind of interesting and that is a bitching guitar solo there is i love how this ends where and like she runs you with get the guilty and dies yeah it's cool um i was saying i like how this ends yeah, where like you get a- kind of a stripped down version of the chorus and then it goes and it repeats it but everything's like back, and so you get like this jar. You know, I don't want to say jarring, but like it's a very musical thing to do. Just like this, this huge build-up kind of thing. Um, it sounds. It's just really. It's good songwriting, and it, it sounds really good, and it's fun. Um, everything about the video is kind of cute. Like it's just. It's a very well done thing with a couple of like minor exceptions I have about the production that I felt like bitching about. Uh, next would be freely tomorrow. Now. I sent you a version of the song that was the cleanest one I could find. But what I wanted to send you was one of the live performances. Because uh, this is normally how she'll open her live shows. Oh, yeah. I really like this song, by the way. And I thought yeah. like the uh, programming on her voice is really good in this. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a pretty good one. It's a, one of her iconic songs. But it's also like the most generic uh, J-pop, like idol kind of song. <laughs> oh yeah, like if you threw this at the beginning or an ending of an anime, I would not think twice. But I love the the live musicians they have playing this. Um, so for anyone listening, they do these live shows where there's like a hologram projector on the stage, and they have Miku like full size dancing and stuff while they they sync that up with the audio. But they'll have like an actual guitarist and and drums and stuff on stage too, and I just find that super fascinating because it's like I feel like the whole appeal of Miku is that it's synthetic, but it's like yeah, but we want a real concert. It's like no, we made a robot. No, we want a real. Would you go see her? <laughs> I don't think so. I um, if I was like sixteen. And ideally had a date, yes. But this is one That's of those things energy, where, like, Cameron. if this was going on for free at the fair, I was like, well, I don't want to be arrested. I if, if if this came to a city near me, I would be tempted to go just because I think it would be a really neat experience. Like it's when I like when I went and saw Insane Clown Posse, 
you don't know what you're going to get, but it's probably going to be a story. And I would definitely go to this because I think it would be fun. Yeah. Now, exception to that is the Squid Sisters from Splatoon because they did a very similar thing where there was like a live show. And it's like, okay, that audience is going to be full of man children. I'll be fine. (laughs) It is one of those things. Like, I would love to see like certain pop singers like Taylor Swift, but I would be really worried about the uh, the makeup of that concert and if I was going to be like the weird old guy there that it, that is doesn't have well, a they date have, like, right a like separate a, section for parents and yeah, you can just like there. pretend you're a parent <laughs> yeah I will say with Taylor Swift though her last couple albums since they're they're a lot more like indie and and uh and whatnot like I feel like she's also a lot of her fans are probably my age now <laughs> just because she's been around so long I think I think I could swing it out I think it'd be okay. There, there was definitely a yeah, time. I don't think like, that I, one's I, as weird as like something else, but, um, but more about the song. It, I did say it's like generic, but it's well done. I think if you like J-pop, then you would enjoy Freely Tomorrow. So it is that. Um, do I have any other notes? I don't think so. Oh, there's another one. I, I was like, this song probably doesn't need to be over four minutes long. <laughs> Um, okay, so should we close it up with the last one? Yeah, Black Rock. So yeah, Black Rock Shooter is one of those where, like, a legit band that just used the Vocaloid software, and they made this song that was good, and like, oh, we should do a music video, and so they designed an anime character basically to reference Miku herself, and the song was popular, and that music video was so popular that I think they ended up getting, like, a, an anime out of it. And stuff like just because the music video was popular, like it, it's weird how it kind of reverse engineered itself back into the Sega game. So it's interesting that you mentioned that this is like from a real band, then, because one one of my comments is like I feel like the drums on this are way better than a lot of the other songs. They're yes they're mixed better. They're just like they stand out more. And like if I were mixing a rock song. The drums are super important, right? Whereas a lot of these songs, like they, they're a lot quieter to make way for other things, which is fine. You do that a lot, but like this, I, when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, this definitely feels like a band wrote this instead of someone programming a Miku song. And I feel like the music part carries it. Like it's not about the vocals; it's yeah. just they use the vocals to their advantage. Uh, going back to what you said about like programming a Miku song, it's like, yeah, I, I think they should do this more where there's like, you know, have an actual song <laughs> and then just insert Miku afterwards and it will work pretty good. I do think the chorus is a little weak. Like, you, one of the things, the other songs like are definitely a lot more like pop oriented, even if the genre isn't. And so they have these like really catchy, like big pop choruses. This is a little more somber. It fits the music really well, but it, it's, it's one of the things that maybe sets it apart too from the others is that it doesn't feel as poppy. Uh, and so you're like, oh, we get really cool drums, but the the trade-off there is like, feels more like a rock song than a, than a pop song. Yeah, and I think that might be a style in Japan that they like. So it's like that deliberately, but I do know exactly what you mean. I think this music video is cute because they incorporate things from the like the original music video into like Hatsune Miku doing a performance on a stage oh yeah like the plot twist at the end 
is cool. We're like on a stage. Yeah, it, where it's almost like it, it, it wasn't about magic. It was about her like overcoming some stage fright or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Like they could have just recreated the music video and left it at that, but they ended up like doing their own thing to acknowledge the road it took to get here. Her outfit though is like a is like a rock singer, also really cool. We got like the big coat, but then like no clothes on vaguely, and so just like you got like the there's contrast. It's it's great. It's smart. Yeah. No, it's 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 a sharp look. But yeah, that's Project Diva. At least maybe highlights from it. I uh, I enjoyed this. I'm I'm curious. I don't. I I tried to look into like getting Hatsune Miku software. Just I was curious. I couldn't. Definitely not free. Um, I don't really know where you get it. It was a little hard to to parse. I didn't search that thoroughly. If you had this, I mean, would you, would you consider like trying to do this? Because I could see you fucking around with with her. I don't know that I would. Because here's the thing. Like I got a uh, really basic um, software for music. And it's like, I, I haven't learned how to use that right yet. I don't know that I can do the voice stuff. Because if you've heard anyone, like, do amateur vocaloid stuff on YouTube, it's clearly hard. Because they can't do it. Sure. Um. Uh, oh, here's this interesting walkthrough. Where it's like, you type in the words, and there's kind of like this wavelength thing that modulates in a way that's supposed to simulate, like, an organic mouth working, I guess. But you can kind of, like, force it to do certain things. Like, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, so, like, the standard pack is $230. Pass. <laughs> That's a lot and, of money. And then the better one's, like, $400 or something. But, um, yeah, it's, like, I think when someone knows what they're doing, they do some really impressive stuff. But if I want to make music... I think I want to approach it in a different way as much as I really enjoy these Vocaloid songs. Yeah. But I think, I don't know if I have any closing thoughts. We're at an hour 20, so this is definitely on the longer side. Um, if we want to do a quick glad space and wrap it up. Oh, oops. Yeah, I, I meant to carry us faster through that. I'm sorry. That's okay. We had fun talking about songs. I, I always enjoy talking about music, so this is this is a good episode, I think. Um, <laughs> my glad Excuse space, me. and I don't know if we'll talk about this for a full episode, but I did see the new Batman movie, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. Oh, uh, the Batman? Yeah. Detective Batman is, is definitely, like, one of my favorite renditions of Batman. If we're going to do, like, serious Batman and not the yes. Lego Batman, having him solve crimes and... and, and find clues and shit like that is is very enjoyable and it's very it just fits his skill set so much better than like trying to fight superman yeah i'm always kind of bothered when it's like when he's not a detective like when he can't figure out anything without his computer that like pisses me off (laughs) i i think computers are good for processing data but not problem solving yeah so it's like I want Batman to look at something and go, wait a minute, turn this puzzle upside down and then scan it. And then the computer like recognizes the pattern at that point. And it's like, oh, you solved the riddle, Batman. Like, I like that a lot more than just, you know, (laughs) hitting control F and it shows up. I think also with the Batman, I loved all of the casting. Uh, The penguin was the best penguin ever. He was great. 
I, I love. Yeah, he had so much like so much charm and just like presence, but he was also still kind of like a B tier villain at best. And I don't know that that back and forth about him as he was acting. Like I was like, fuck, this is a really good rendition of the penguin. Yeah, I like how he's kind of like not special, but at the same time, everybody that's more strong than him and has more weight to carry, they keep getting picked off. And he's always in the right time, right place to kind of fill the shoes. And he throws his weight around as soon as he can. And it's like, this is perfect. Like he's, he just, doesn't go to and jail. Also, I like that he wasn't the supervillain at the end too. Like it wasn't like we found the penguin. It's more like ah oh, that penguin. But he's not really yeah. what's going on. He just he exists in Gotham at all times. But I don't know if we'll end up doing like a full episode or maybe half an episode because I mean there's a lot to talk about. It's a very long movie, but I, I did enjoy it, and I'm I'm glad I finally got around to it. Well, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it too. We could talk more. Oh boy, my glad space might just be, uh, so this is lazy, but I'm going to say the Project Diva collection on Steam. Um, it was fun to go through and play old songs I haven't heard in a while and like doing the research for this episode, but also it's just been fun to play it again. (laughs) Like I kind of, I go back and do at least a couple a day and go like, okay, you know what? Uh, these are fun rhythm games. I, I always enjoy a good rhythm game. So that's been fun. Nice. Maybe a, a lazy pick, but... That's okay. I think it's appropriate. I mean, my other pick was I had a really fucking good cupcake today. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, sometimes like the things that make you happy can be small, and it's and that's great, too. Well, with that, um, I hope everyone at home had fun listening along, too. Yeah, yeah, um... We'll catch you next time. The same bat time, same bat place. Where is he? Where is he? Give him to me. I'm I'm a Batman. How do you know that name? <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> one of these days, we should... We, we have to do another one of those like dumb comic scripts. And we have to write our own story since actual Batman comics are so bad. We could do that. It's been a bit. And I'll end up doing yeah, another detective. Okay, hat. good night, everybody. I'm good gonna night, everybody. Report. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. I'm breaking in, shaping up, eject. This is it, the apocalypse. Ooh.